Good evening, everybody. Uh, Matt DeMarinas here from White and Blue Review. I hope you all had a nice, safe Thanksgiving. Um, tonight we're here with, uh, joined by Greg Bennett, head coach of the Creighton Blue Jays. They're getting ready to finally open their season um, on Sunday afternoon against North Dakota State after a slight delay, um, as will be custom for many teams in this wild season we're about to have. Um, I guess, first of all, Mac, thank you for hopping on and joining me for this this preview podcast we're about to do. How are you guys? How are you doing? First of all, how's the family and everybody? Yeah, everybody's good. Uh, you know, the uh, Thanksgiving was was obviously different. Most years we're playing on Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, we actually practiced yesterday morning and then had a, a meal together as a group last night and had some of uh, the players' moms ship us some of their childhood pictures. So we had a little slideshow of, of a bunch of the guys when they were younger that brought brought a few laughs. So, uh, you know, we did the best we could with the difficult situation. Obviously, guys would love to be home with their families, uh, or we would have especially liked to be been in Sioux Falls uh, playing in that tournament. But as you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns to this season, and we have to try to adjust the best we can when they happen. Yeah, we're and, uh, and uh, we're going to try to break down the roster basically um, top to bottom here for you guys in a little bit. But first of all, Mac, I just want to get like your your insight into how this North Dakota State game came about. Because, you know, you've seen it now. It's not typical of scheduling, but you've seen teams start to be able to do it, come together with a game in a matter of days as opposed to what it usually takes. And, you know, Villanova's out at the Mohegan Sun right now. They're done with their NTE, but they're staying out there to play Virginia Tech that just came together today. So um, I don't know if you can provide much insight on that, but how did this North Dakota State game come together for you? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, Murph is – he's working constantly on on a list of teams that are available that have lost games that could possibly need games because you just don't know when it's going to happen to you. And, and uh, you know, we thought we were safe uh, going into the South Dakota. We had gotten through, uh, you know, really months of testing uh, without any problems. Um, and then, then we had some positive test pop and, you know, I had to pull out of that tournament. Uh, knowing that we there was no way we could be possibly ready uh, to play on Wednesday with, uh, you know, what we had to do and, and you know, take the time to go through the contact tracing to figure out, you know, who needed to be pulled away and, and who could return to the practice floor. Um, because there's a safety issue, too, of, you know, throwing guys out there. Um, obviously, we're, we're short-handed already with Modestus and, and uh, you know, with 12 scholarship players, two of them have ACLs, and then you have Alex. Um, you know, that's, so you're down to nine to start with, uh, if everybody's healthy and that hasn't exactly been the case. So, uh, we did feel like, uh, once we got through contact tracing that we would be able to play a game a couple days before the UNO game. Um, certainly not with everybody in practice at full strength, but we thought, uh, we could get a game. And I, I just think it's really important, Matt, we get to 13 games as fast as you can. And, mm -hmm. and as you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know where the season's going to go and you want to try to make sure. Uh, that you reach the, the the minimums that the NCAA has set forth, and and Dave Richmond, uh, the head coach at North Dakota State, uh, was was a student manager for me when I coached at North Dakota State. Uh, he went uh, for a semester with me as my GA uh, at Northern Iowa before he decided to return to Fargo, uh, chasing a girl that uh, going back to a girlfriend that's now his wife of. 17 or 18 years. So he made a good call there. 
so there was a relationship there. Their MTE got canceled, uh, which was going to be a three-game MTE. They ended up in, in Lincoln with, in Nebraska's, uh, which is only two games for them. Uh, so, you know, we reached out, and while they're here, uh, we decided to, to put together a, a game uh, as they pass back through town. And, um, you know, I think it's good for both teams. We get to, you know, we get to have an opener, and, and they get to knock out that third game. I think, you know, it's funny, every year around this time, um, you know, the players are sick of playing against each other and they want to play a game so badly. And the coaches never feel like they have enough practices going into a season. Um, where do you feel right now? Because this obviously, you've had interruptions. Um, and it's obviously a season that's going to be, like you've mentioned several times, where you have to adjust on the fly, both with an opponent and with who's available for you guys. Like, how, how prepared do you feel for Sunday in terms of what you're going to put on the floor? Well, you know, you're right. I don't think a coach ever feels totally prepared. And I think I fall into that category. You still wish there was things that, you know, you wish you would have covered more. Uh, you know, and ha having said all that, the guys need to play. Uh, it's been a long road for them going back to last March. Uh, you know, generally we would have a closed scrimmage and an, and an exhibition game sometime during the six weeks of our allowable practice. And on top of that six weeks, that 30 days and in, in, I guess 30 days in, uh, in six weeks, uh, they gave us an extra, you know, call it three weeks on the front end where we could be in the gym eight hours a week uh, as a group. So we've really been going since September 21st, really two months without any outside competition. Having said all that, we probably haven't had uh, what I would call our, you know, eight rotational guys, solid rotational guys, maybe call it nine. Uh, I'm not sure we've had that group together at any point during our practice, uh, given it, you know, be it, be it an injury, uh, be it quarantine or, or isolation. Um, so, you know, we haven't had a lot of time together. So it's been rather piecemeal in, in that regard. Uh, guys playing out of position, different positions, you know, practices where you only had, you know, eight players available. Uh, so we've seen a little bit of everything. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is we probably have not had enough guys. Uh, knock on wood, our guys have done a great job uh, avoiding the virus uh, for the most part. Um, that's, the, that's a positive and in some ways it's a negative because, you know, obviously the numbers and, and the odds are saying that you're probably going to have some more cases run through your team uh, because of what's going on in our country right now. So we have to be as diligent as possible as a staff and, and as a group of players and, and support staff to try to keep that virus out of our building the best we possibly can. Before we jump into this roster preview, I'm just wondering, you know, it's like I asked playing this after their first game too because I know how competitive you guys are, so I'm not – I'm not expecting a moral victory just by being on the floor, but at the same time, these, these players have had a lot taken from them in terms of what they invested in, in terms of what they're kind of getting out of it with not having an NCAA tournament, with having a season in flux right now um, and not knowing what the future holds, even with that. Um, is there a part of you that's just more appreciative of the game than maybe you've ever been at this point in your career? You know, even though you guys have a lot of expectations, you know, pick second in the league. Everybody thinks very highly of you in terms of what you could possibly do in the postseason if we get to one. Is, but is there a part of you that is just appreciating the fact that you're going to have an opportunity to get back on the floor after being off of it for so long? Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't think anybody, number one, ever thought that, you know, the NCAA tournament and the world, for that matter, would be shut down by a pandemic. Uh, I think when we left new york after we found out the ncaa term was canceled i didn't think in our wildest dreams that we thought close to december 1st 
it, it would be worse than what it was in March. And here we are. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm thankful for the guys. Uh, they, they, they deserve something good to happen. And, you know, you talked, Matt, all about all the basketball athletic related things. But, you know, think about being a college student in this day and age. Think about being a senior in college. One of the kind of one of the greatest years of your life before you enter the real world, so to speak. Um, you know, our, our, our guys and college students in general aren't able to enjoy a lot of the things socially that go with being in college. And that's, you know, it's part of your development as a person is the things that you experience um, while you're in college. And, and that part of it's really been taken away from them in, in large part. So, you know, I feel for them uh, for what, what they are, what's been taken away from them, not only from a basketball standpoint, but also just, just being a, a college student and, and spending time with, with friends and, you know, being able to run home and see your family. If we had a long weekend, you know, all that's, uh, all that's been taken away. You know, they're here on Thanksgiving. They'll likely be here uh, for Christmas as well um, as we try to make this season happen. So, you know, I, I feel for our guys and I'm really appreciative of how they've handled this and we're fortunate that we have some, some great leadership and, and upperclassmen on this team that's, that's helped us really navigate through some tough times. Just jumping in here to the roster, I kind of want to start with this freshman class because there's, it's, you know, it's kind of an interesting group, um, obviously from all corners of the world, but different different ways they got here and everything. Um, I think starting with your this this walk-on trio you have, uh, you know, Devin Davis, Sammy Osmani, and certainly a, a kid you've known for a long time, Andrew Murphy. What what do you like about that group coming in? Because you certainly have had a lot of success with you know, how valuable your walk-ons have been to the program as they have grown into it? No question. They've been incredibly important. And, you know, some of them have, have figured out a way onto the plane for, and, you know, you, you never know when, when they start, if that's going to happen. And, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure Tyler Comet would ever play or Jet Canfield and they figured out a way. Um, so, you know, who knows? And Sammy was someone we watched in high school. Uh, we're impressed with his ability to shoot the basketball. He had some off season surgery that slowed him down a little bit, but I think he's starting to find his groove now. Uh, Devin kind of recruited us. Uh, you know, he had, he had applied to Creighton and I think received some academic scholarships um, and was interested in joining the team. And, and, you know, frankly, we probably weren't really looking to add anybody, um, but you know, because of the pandemic and the uncertainty of roster, the flux in your roster, depending on what happened, we decided to. And fortunately, it, you know, it, it's worked out for us to have him. And, and he's done a good job uh, at that point guard position uh, on the scout team. And then, you know, Andrew Muirfeld, unfortunately, he's been fighting a hamstring injury, a good portion of our practice that he can't quite get behind him. But he's going to be really good for us. He just, you know, as you would expect, being Coach Murph's son, uh, great feel and understanding for the game, um, you know, fundamentally rock solid um, and is, you know, has been a really, really positive addition to our team. Um, two guys that I know you were pretty excited about, um, uh, you know, unfortunately they, they succumb to season ending injuries as is unfortunately the, the, the circumstances that some of these foreign kids face when they have to adjust to a new style of a game. Um, Roddy Andronikashvili and, and Modestus Consleris, obviously went down for you before that you got to see a little bit of them um, in workouts and practice. What, what were your early impressions of them? And, and even with these injuries, uh, what do you still kind of foresee and what they could possibly bring to your program? Yeah. You know, we didn't, unfortunately we didn't see a lot of them. Uh, you know, they got here late uh, because of uh, visa problems with the pandemic. 
Um, I think uh, Mo got here, you know, just a few days before school started. He had to quarantine 14 days once he arrived. Uh, Rati didn't arrive till after the start of classes and then had to quarantine 14 days upon his arrival. Um, and then they both ended up in, in, in quarantine or isolation for another 14 days at some point. Um, so, you know, they were off the floor a lot. I, I think it speaks to the value of being able to get those young guys here in the summertime, having them work with Jeremy Anderson uh, to prepare their bodies for, you know, what they're going to have to endure once practice starts. And very unfortunate in injuries. Uh, you know, they were both making really, really good progress. Uh, both injuries, non-contact injuries, really nobody in within 10 feet of them when it happened. Um, so, you know, very unfortunate, uh, but, you know, Rati can really see the floor. Uh, you know, he's, he's very creative and crafty with the way that he plays. Uh, you know, Modestus is just a, you know, he moves his feet really well for someone six, nine, he's got to develop his jump shot a little bit better. And we were working on that. Uh, but now their focus is on their rehabilitation and, and getting back on the floor. Uh, they both have had successful surgery, um, I think a week apart. I mean, that's probably the one silver lining. You hate to have this happen to one guy, let alone two. Um, but you have two roommates that are going to go through it together, which I think, uh, you know, the, the, the peaks and valleys that you have emotionally when you're going through this for the first time um, is, can be very, very difficult. So for them to have each other uh, along with the rest of their teammates and our coaching staff, you know, hopefully we can get them past it and, uh, you know, they'll be better coming out of it on the other end. And, and Ryan Kalkbrenner, um, seven-footer uh, freshman, I know you guys are really excited about, obviously it brings a lot of, you know, shot, rock, shot blocking prowess to the to the gym. Um, you know, I guess I'm just kind of wondering because this has been an unusual summer for these newcomers into the program. Like you mentioned with Rati and, and Modestus, they didn't get, you know, that extra time with you to kind of get accustomed to what it's like. And so they kind of had to hit the ground running from day one as soon as the team got together. How, what have you seen so far out of Ryan in terms of not only how he's adjusting, but how he fits into what your plans are for this season? Well, you know, Ryan, Ryan made the decision, uh, you know, we were allowed because there's a whole new set of rules because of COVID uh, and they really loosened some things up. And one of the things they allowed us to do is, is the players could actually live with us uh, during the spring and the summer uh, during COVID. So, so Ryan and his family made the decision uh, to come to Omaha in late June um, and, you know, did the quarantine that he had to do once he got here. And then, you know, he would drive up to Jeremy Anderson's garage uh, every single day and, and uh, work out with Jeremy. And, and that really, you know, that, that extra two months before school start, the work that he was able to do was invaluable to him. Um, he's, he's made, uh, you know, really good progress because of that. Um, and, you know, he's, he's going to be a really good player for us. It's the speed of the game is certainly different. Uh, that's something he's going to have to adjust to. We have to adjust to him too, because he, he is very effective when he catches it around the basket. And, you know, we haven't thrown it in there a bunch for a number of years. Um, so our guys need to get a little bit more retrained when he's in the game to make sure we give him a look. Cause he's so big. He's so long, um, takes up so much space in there that I think he can be effective. And, you know, hopefully we can keep those three guys healthy enough that we can rotate him in and out of there. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ryan's got a bright future. We're really excited that he's here. Jumping into that sophomore class, uh, you know, one guy who um, fans didn't get to see last year, I mean, unless they were watching the bench celebrations and listening very well, um, was, was Antoine Jones, the transfer from Memphis. Um, obviously had the sit-out year um, running the scout team for you guys. What, what, what does Antoine look like now as he's incorporated <laughs> into what you guys are trying to do 
um, you know, with your positionless basketball and trying to incorporate a lot of the things you guys do with the freedom of offense and everything. Yeah, you know, we've tried to keep it for Antoine, uh, you know, and really have taught him just one position right now. And if if guys have to play multiple positions, we've, we've leaned more, <coughs> excuse me, more on Denzel and DJ to maybe do that, uh, to try to simplify it for the new guy. Uh, you know, his just ability to handle the ball, pass the ball, get in the paint, uh, he's really improved his shooting. Um, is, you know, I, I think he'll bring to us, and, you know, he may start some, he may come off the bench some, but, you know, I think he, I think people, when Denzel came in the game last year, I think it changed our team in a way, like defensively, our opponents had to go, okay, how, how are we going to do this? You know, this guy's skill set is different than anybody else they had. And I think, I think Antoine falls into that. Uh, he, he's, he can beat you off the dribble. He can shoot the three, very gifted passing the basketball um, and good feel for the game. You know, having said all that, there's a lot of things that we have had to change about his game. You know, he's going to make some plays that are going to, uh, you know, our fans are absolutely going to love, and he's going to make some plays that Coach Mack wants to pull his hair out once in a while. So, um, you know, we have to try to lessen the number of those and, and keep adding to the good plays, and I think it, that's taken place over the course of time and practice. And the good news with some of the, you know, practice that's been missed by some other guys he's been able to step in there and get some more reps um, so hopefully you know he gets a feel in a hurry about how we're going to play and and what's what's his role and how can he best impact winning uh, but without question he's going to be an important part of our rotation gotcha um, Nick Zyle saw him in the red jersey today in the in the practice tweet you guys posted so we know he's available for Sunday if you need him um, obviously a hard-working kid um, and it seems like, you know, based on just, you know, the little snippets that he posted throughout the summer that he was working on his game quite a bit during during whatever time he could find in the gym. What, what have you seen so far out of yeah, his body's better. Uh, he's shooting the basketball better. Uh, you know, last year we used him a lot at the five on the scout team because of, you know, the number crunch we had uh, there at that position. And, and, you know, we've been able to slide him onto the wing a little bit more. Uh, you know, still on that scout team, but but making some some solid improvements, especially with his ability to shoot the basketball. And I think defensively, he's made some strides. Uh, was able to keep quickness in front of him. Uh, where last year he was battling bigs all the time. This year he's he's out there fighting some wings a little bit. I think that's been good for him. But a, you know, really valuable member of our team. Anytime you can get someone, you know, six seven six eight uh, that's willing to walk onto your program and spend the time and work at it the way that Nick does. Um, it's certainly a positive and, you know, he makes us better every single day. Um, on to the guy who was probably most upset about the uh, halftime cancellation March 12th last year, Jack Canfield was kind of in his bag there against St. John's for a little bit. Um, that was probably the hardest news you had to break to him at halftime, but none of that was going to count. How's he doing so far? Uh, you know, he's doing good. You know, Jet, you know, Jet was someone that, uh, you know, none of us were probably anticipating being in the rotation a year ago and, and he continued to work and work. And, and, you know, it's one thing to, uh, you know, to have your number called. It's another thing to be ready when your number's called. And to Jet's credit, you know, going back to the Texas Tech game when he got thrown in there um, in Vegas, um, you know, to the end of the year when we had the injury problems with Marcus and, and he was thrown into action again. Uh, you know, he, he'd go some games that he wouldn't play and, and 
but when his number was called, he was ready. And I think he's carried that over to this season. Uh, you know, done a good job in practice. He's gotten stronger shooting the basketball uh, at a pretty good level. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it remains to be seen what role he's going to play. Um, but I'm confident in, and I have confidence that I, that I know that if his number is called, uh, he's going to be ready. The Omaha kid next. Still about the clock on your guys' championship, uh, Big East championship win over Seton Hall. Um, you know, play a little bit. Uh, you know, I guess his role is like you kind of follow that that Kyrie Thomas mold where he comes in with a lot of defensive accolades uh, coming from Omaha and, you know, uh, doesn't get consistent playing time as a freshman, but that's kind of to be expected. What, what do you see out of him so far, not only from the defensive side of the ball, but in his shooting that you guys have constantly been working on him for, to get better at? Yeah, I think across the board, I think Sharif has made really good progress. I think his, his shooting is better. Uh, his decisions, his assist to turnover is much better at this point uh, through 30 practices than it was a year ago. Uh, you know, defensively, he always plays with great energy and effort. Uh, and I think fundamentally, in terms of being in the right place, I think he's improved there as well. So, uh, you know, we can. You know, we, I, I think obviously he'll, he'll back up Marcus uh, to start the season. Uh, but I also think we can play those two together at times, uh, you know, to really get some speed and quickness on the floor. So uh, I've been really pleased with, with Sharif. I think if you would ask me who's made the most progress on the team in the offseason, uh, you know, I think Sharif has, and then Christian, Christian's right there as well. Uh, but, you know, a lot of guys have, have worked hard and improved, but Sharif's certainly near the top of that list. This next guy we probably could lump into the freshman based on how much time he spent on the court, but you guys have got him listed as a junior, so Jacob Epperson will be with the junior group here. Um, obviously, he's been through a ton physically, and, you know, I, I don't know what anybody could possibly expect from, from a realistic standpoint, but from what you've seen so far in, you know, in his offseason workouts and practices, what, what, what are you expecting out of Jacob Epperson this year? Well, it's going to be a wait and see, uh, you know, how it goes when we get into games. Uh, you know, he's, it, he's it to the point now where he's practicing most of the time, uh, certainly not practicing every day. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure we'll reach the point that he'll ever be able to do that. Uh, but, you know, Jeremy Anderson and, and Ben McNair and our medical team have done an unbelievable job of getting him ready. And, and obviously that all starts with Jacob and his commitment to his rehabilitation and he's done a, he's done an awesome job in that regard. And, uh, you know, I just hope we can get him back out there. I hope he can be part of the rotation, whether that's a few minutes a game or 15 minutes a game, that's yet to be seen, but, you know, just to have him feel like he's contributing to the success of our basketball team. Cause as you mentioned, he's been through a lot. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, Many people would keep coming back for more, but he keeps coming back for more and he does it with a positive attitude and, and, a, and an energy that's infectious. So, you know, hopefully uh, he can do some things for us. It's going to take him some time. There's no question. And I think, you know, when he's playing, it's going to be in short spurts, certainly to start. Uh, and then hopefully as the season goes on, he feels more comfortable. But uh, it's great to see him back out there running around. Uh, he, he's had a long road, as you mentioned. And, uh, he, he, you know, if anybody deserves to have a little success and have some good things happen, it's Jacob. Uh, Christian Bishop was that guy, along with Sharif, that you mentioned might be the, you know, the early candidates for most improved based on what they've done so far. What does that look like for Christian? Because, like, you know, he, I feel like he was really undervalued in how you guys kind of broke out and hit your stride last year. Um, considering how active he was at that five spot for you, but what, what is what is the most improved version of Christian look like? I guess. 
Well, he wasn't undervalued in our eyes. I mean, we, we, we completely understood the value he had to our team and, you know, his, his ability to, to handle it and pass it, make decisions on the top of the floor uh, was really good for us last year. And I, I just think he's added some strength to his body. He's finishing through contact better. Uh, he's not taking a ton of threes, but he's picking his spots and he's knocked some down in practice at a better rate than he did a year ago. Um, but, you know, Christian understands what he brings to the team and the value he brings to the team. And I think defensively, you know, his ability in ball screens to, for us to be creative with how we change up our pressure in that way, much like we did with Martin Krampel, um, can really – you know, upset the flow of, of our opponent's offense. So, you know, I, I've been really, really pleased with Christian. He's, he's, he's worked and got better every single day. Um, and, you know, he's going to be an important part of what we do. There's no question. This next guy isn't really a mystery to many, but um, he certainly has a brighter spotlight on him than he's probably ever had in his career in Marcus Zagorowski. Obviously coming off the injury is one thing. So, um Timing has certainly been affected in terms of maybe how much he's been able to do um, and hitting the ground running from day one. But what have you seen so far out of how he's dealt with that and also how he's, you know, handling kind of being a marked man for the, for the first time in terms of his national appeal? Yeah, you know, I think noticed right away on Sunday that his body looks better. Uh, you know, he's gotten stronger and, you know, put a lot of work in uh, with, with Jeremy in that regard. Uh, but, you know, I'll be surprised if he's if he can start at the level that he finished last year, uh, just because you you don't miss four months and then be upset in the summertime like we were with the pandemic and step back on the floor and pick up where you left off. I think it's going to take some time. Now I hope I'm wrong. I'm ho I hope he's able to put it into overdrive right away. Uh, but it, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, I think. But he he's handled it well. Uh, you know his leadership's been been terrific. Um, and, you know, he's just – he's a difference maker on the floor. He can make plays for other people. Obviously, he's a shot maker in a lot of ways. You know, defensively, he plays his tail off. Uh, so, you know, I, as you mentioned, I, even back to high school when I first met him, he was always kind of a guy under the radar, under-recruited, um, but he always won. And, you know, that's followed him to college, and I think it's going to follow him beyond college. Uh, the guy's a winner. Uh, he impacts winning in a lot of ways. Uh, and that's, you know, a big reason we were successful last year and, and uh, a, a big reason that we have a chance to be successful this year because of, of what he brings to the table. But, you know, he's, he's a humble kid. He doesn't like the attention. He doesn't like to talk to you or any other media members. He'd just rather do his deal and have everybody leave him alone. Uh, and let him get to the gym and go to work. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think he understands that people are paying some attention this year. And, uh, you know, like, like we've talked to him about getting to the next play when he makes a bad play, which he struggled a little bit when he was with when he was younger. He's going to have to do that this year with games. You know, there are going to be some games where, you know, you're the marked man and they put on defenders and they run two at you and they try to get, get, get the ball out of your hands. You know, he's going to have to get past the games where he doesn't live up to his expectations and get ready for the next one uh, because, you know, this is going to be a marathon of a season. And, you know, as we've talked about, there's going to be a lot of interruptions. Uh, and, you know, I think he's mature enough to handle all that. On to this senior class, starting with, uh, you know, the new addition to it, Alex O'Connell, transfer from Duke. <laughs> Originally, as things normally would go, he'd be a guy – that's, you know, your sit one, play one, and, and use the development year. But now you have the, the opportunity to have a free year um, of eligibility if you're, if you're eligible to play. I know you guys have got him 
Um, I know I know that rule allowed you guys to use him as as a practice guy um, and travel with him. But is there is there a plan now in place given the injuries you guys have sustained and the likelihood that guys will be in quarantine that you might have to try to apply for a waiver and activate him? Yeah, you know, Alex and his family made the decision to transfer because they they really valued the year off. And, you know, part of the draw to Creighton certainly was our system and how he thought he might fit into our system. But part of, part of it was also what he felt like Jeremy Anderson and his team could do for him in a year, uh, a year away from basketball, just working on his body and developing some of those physical tools. Um, so when we first approached him with it, uh, you know, even back in October, uh, he and his family just were really hesitant um, to make that move because it's so important for them to have a year to really work on things other than basketball on his body and, and, you know, a certainly skill development in basketball, but the strength that it's going to take for him to move his game forward. Um, and I, you know, I think as things happen and you saw things around the country, teams getting shut down and, and players being pulled out, uh, you know, I think he's, it's, it's caused him to pause and have, have some more conversations with me and me with his family. Um, about the possibility of trying to file a waiver and see if we can't get him eligible. So we, we've made that request to the NCAA. Uh, I've talked to Coach K. Uh, he's in, in full support uh, of Alex playing. Now it's just a matter of whether we can get the waiver through. And, you know, it doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason as to what, which waivers are granted and which ones aren't. And I'm not privy to the information as to why those happen and why they don't. But, um, you know, there's, there's quite a stockpile, I think, of, of transfers because of the pandemic. I think every person that transferred is, is trying to get this year. So I think the NCAA is overloaded with requests and obviously the lateness is of us putting it in there because of his decision to, to, to put it on hold, um, you know, puts us at the back of the stack. So when will we get a, a, an answer? We're not sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're at least pursuing it. And, you know, I've been pleased with his progress. I think as he's been in our system, had the ball in his hands more. And, you know, there's been times because we've been short players that he's he's actually played on the team with Marcus and Mitch uh, and has learned what ball movement will do for an offense. And if you'll just wait for it to happen, uh, the offense will work for you. So he's, uh, he's going to be a good player for us. And, and if it turns out he can play this year, great. Uh, if not, uh, you know, I think he'll have a great senior season for us a year from now. Okay. Starting jumping into two guys that uh, tested the professional waters a little bit, just to kind of gauge it, um, but ultimately ended up coming back to your program, um, Damian Jefferson and Denzel Mahoney, starting with uh, DJ you know, uh, a guy that was like a super, super useful utility guy for you guys last year, made incredible hustle plays, winning plays. Um, his athleticism was obviously useful, um, was great at getting to the rim and finishing. What, what, what is, what is, what is the senior year version of him look like? The one that's coming back and still has aspirations of playing professionally. Well, I, I just know that he can build on some of the things that he was able to do last year. You know, he shot it good as a sophomore until the ankle injury. Uh, that kind of derailed him. And, and then, you know, I think he was still feeling the effects of that at the start of last season. Uh, so he'd never, he didn't get off to a good start shooting the basketball and it kind of snowballed on him. I, I think we'll get back to the mean there where, you know, he can be a, 
35 to 40% three point shooter and do that consistently. Um, and then do all the stuff that he did last year. You know, the, the hustle plays, the things he does defensively, the things he does on the glass for us. Um, and then just the, the energy that he brings to our team, uh, because of his attitude. So, you know, DJ was critical to our success last year and, and, uh, you know, there's no question he's going to have our, his fingerprints all over it again this season. And Denzel Mahoney is an interesting guy, too, because, you know, coming in, um, I don't think he expected to, nor do I think you guys expected to have him play some small ball five. But as the season kind of, like, morphed, it turned out that was a pretty potent lineup for you guys, and that was something from a standpoint of getting him on the floor and, get, and, and getting some rotation, getting to some prominent rotations, he felt like he would have to do it. What does it look like now with a, with a spot opened up with – you know, with Davion transferring, Tyshawn going off to the NBA, um, does he does he slot down now into that spot for you guys? Do you like his skill set there still, or how, do, how does he fit? Yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we didn't, we didn't have Davion in last year anyway, so I don't think that really has impacted us any in any way. Um, you know, but you know, Tyshawn leaving certainly leaves a gaping hole there on both ends of the floor, and and I'm hopeful that Denzel can fill that on both ends of the floor. I think defensively he's capable uh, with his strength and, and lateral quickness uh, to do some things. And the question will be, and, you know, Tyshawn had to learn to do it. Can you exert that kind of energy defensively and still be an effective offensive player? And, and Tyshawn proved that you can do that. Uh, so, you know, it's certainly a change. The playing him at the five and that small ball lineup was a way uh, you know, for us to kind of throw a curveball at our opponent and at the same time, a way to get Denzel on the floor a little bit more. Um, and, you know, this year it's going to be different. He's going to be more at that wing uh, position and it's going to be, you know, last year he was guarded by a four or five. I think my guess he's guarded by a two or three this year. So more quickness um, where he's going to have to use his strength to overpower him some, but really shot the basketball at a high level. Um, it, you know, I think he improved this summer in a lot of ways and, and, you know, his numbers in practice shooting the basketball have been really, really good. And I've been really pleased, you know, watching Jimmy Butler in the NBA playoffs. It's something I've talked to Denzel a lot about, you know, how do you how can you impact the games in other ways besides scoring? And obviously, Jimmy's an elite defender. Um, I thought his ability to get his teammates involved uh, off the dribble, sometimes even turning down a layup to kick it out for a three point shot to Duncan Robinson. I thought that just permeated throughout their team. And I think Denzel has the ability to do that. Uh, he's shown that at times in practice. His assist to turnover is completely different than it was a year ago. And I'm hopeful that that uh, will carry over once game starts. So, you know, so far so good. Uh, and, you know, I think he's going to make that adjustment uh, more to the wing position, hopefully in a very seamless manner. Gotcha. Um, you know, lastly, I think – most who haven't seen you guys yet, or certainly this version of you, uh, would probably expect you guys to go as Marcus Zagorowski goes. But this last guy we have here is probably the tone setter in terms of the, you know, the mental makeup of your group. And he has been for a while in Mitch Ballack. Uh, how valuable is it in a season like this to have a guy with that much experience um, and with that much like leadership ability coming back into your program and trying to navigate you guys through a really unprecedented time? You know, Mitch, Mitch has a great perspective on a lot of things, uh, not just basketball, but his, his approach to life and to his family and his girlfriend and you name it. Like he, he gets it. And, and that leadership has been critical for us. 
and you know he along with Marcus and DJ and Denz and you know Jet and CB the guys that have been here Jacob um, it's it's been critical for us to be able to continue to get in the gym every day and and really set your mind on improving at at a time when it's a it's a grind and it's a drag uh, because of the amount of time that we've been in the gym and because as I mentioned their life outside the gym isn't what it normally is so you know he's he's been he's been a rock for us um, you know defensively I've been pleased with his progress um, offensively I still don't think he shoots enough and I'd like him to shoot a little bit more uh, but that's just who he is you know he he he, if he thinks he's got an okay shot and a teammate's got a better shot, he's going to make that pass uh, because that's the way he's wired. So, you know, he's, he's, he's invaluable for us in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky to have him. And I think he'll, uh, I don't know that we'll realize just how much he miss We miss him until he's not here anymore. Uh, but, you know, he's had a huge impact in this program since the day he walked on campus. Um, and, you know, we've had a lot of success because of what he's brought to the table and, and, uh, you know, I think I'm hopeful that we're going to see the best version of Mitch Ballack this season. Gotcha. Well, Mac, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking time out of your, uh, I guess it's Friday night, right? Yeah, Thanksgiving Friday night to, to chat about the team and, you know, knock on wood, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly rooting for you guys to at least get on the floor um, after such a long hiatus. I know how bad you guys want to be just playing in the game again. So hopefully everything goes well between now and then and looking forward to seeing you on the floor Sunday afternoon. Well, thank you. Like you said, um, anything can happen. Uh, you know, this, uh, some things change day to day. This seems to change hour by hour. Uh, but you know, Matt, we're, we're going to need, uh, we're going to need our fans this year, um, more, more than ever. Uh, these are challenging, challenging times, uh, in the world of, of athletics. Um, obviously, you know, men's basketball and, and, you know, our season ticket holders and, and the donations that are attached to those season tickets are, that's how we survive as an athletic department. And, and uh, you know, a lot of that's not going to be there this year. And we're hopeful as time moves on that we can allow some fans. Um, but, you know, any way that our fans are able to support us, uh, we would really appreciate it this year. Um, you know, I think we have a chance to have a special, special season. And people are going to have to enjoy it in a different way, potentially. Uh, we hope this this vaccine comes along and, and we can get it wiped out. And we can get back to business as usual. But, uh, you know, the fan base and the community support is what makes Creighton basketball what it is. And uh, at a time like this, we, we need our fans more than ever. And uh, we appreciate those that have, that have already stepped up and, and, that are, and are willing to help us in any way they can to help us navigate through some very, very difficult times. And, and you know, at the same time, recognizing that some of our fans uh, are going through some very, very difficult times in their professional lives and their personal lives. So uh, that certainly doesn't go unnoticed for us. Uh, and, and uh, you know, more than ever, we appreciate the people uh, that support us. And, and I'm hopeful that uh, this will be behind us soon and, and uh, we can get back to having a full house in, in, in the CHI Health Center. Always good to talk to you, Mac. Be well, buddy. Thanks, Matt.